Numbers 29. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work. It is a day of the blowing of trumpets to you. You shall offer a burnt offering for a pleasant aroma to Yahweh, one young bull, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old without defect, and their meal offering, fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, and one-tenth for every lamb of the seven lambs, and one male goat for a sin offering to make atonement for you. In addition to the burnt offering of the new moon with its meal offering, and the continual burnt offering with its meal offering, and their drink offerings according to their ordinance, for a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to Yahweh. On the tenth day of this seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall afflict your souls. You shall do no kind of work, but you shall offer a burnt offering to Yahweh for a pleasant aroma. One young bull, one rare, seven male lambs, a year old, all without defect, and their meal offering, fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths for the bull, two-tenths for one ram, one-tenth for every lamb of the seven lambs, one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the sin offering of atonement, and the continual burnt offering, and its meal offering, and their drink offerings. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work. You shall keep a feast to Yahweh seven days. You shall offer a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh, 13 young bulls, 2 rams, 14 male lambs a year old, all without defect, and their meal offering, fine flour, mixed with oil, 3 tenths for every bull of the 13 bulls, 2 tenths for each ram of the 2 rams, and 1 tenth for every lamb of the 14 lambs, and 1 male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering, its meal offering, and its drink offering. On the second day, you shall offer 12 young bulls, 2 rams, and 14 male lambs, a year old, without defect, and their meal offering, and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to their number, after the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its meal offering and their drink offerings. On the third day, 11 bulls, 2 rams, 14 male lambs, a year old, without defect, and their meal offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams and for the lambs, according to their number after the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering and its meal offering and its drink offering. On the fourth day, ten bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old, without defect, their meal offering and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams and for the lambs, according to their number after the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering, its meal offering and its drink offering. On the fifth day, nine bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, a year old, without defect, and their meal offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams and for the lambs, according to their number after the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering and its meal offering and its drink offering. On the sixth day, eight bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, a year old, without defect, and their meal offering and their drink offering for the bulls, for the rams and for the lambs, according to their number after the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering, its meal offering and the drink offerings of it. 
On the seventh day, seven bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, a year old without defect, and their meal offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to their number, after the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering, its meal offering, and its drink offering. On the eighth day, you shall have a solemn assembly. You shall do no regular work, but you shall offer a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, a pleasant aroma to Yahweh, one bull, one ram, seven male lambs a year old without defect, their meal offering and their drink offerings for the bull, for the ram, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its meal offering and its drink offering. You shall offer these to Yahweh in your set feasts, in addition to your vows and your freewill offerings for your burnt offerings, your meal offerings, your drink offerings, and your peace offerings. Moses told the children of Israel according to all that Yahweh had commanded Moses. Well, this is the rest of the summary of all the offerings that have to happen at all the feasts that we've been going through over the last two chapters. In chapter 28, we covered the daily offerings, the monthly offerings. We covered the offerings for Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and for the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. And in this chapter, we cover the offerings for Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur, and for the Feast of Tabernacles. All right, so this is my opportunity to explain to you about Jewish calendars. <laughs> so there's two, there's two different Jewish calendars, confusingly, um, but it's a bit like this. In the, you know, in our, in Australia, we've got two calendars as well. We've got the normal calendar that runs from January to December, you know, the normal, the normal calendar. But we've also got what's called a financial year. So we've also got a financial calendar which runs from July through to June. So when you get to the end of June, now it's tax time and you've got to do your taxes. So we've got two. We've got the normal calendar and the financial calendar. Well, in the Jewish world, they had two calendars as well. They had the normal calendar and they had the ecclesiastical calendar or the ceremonial calendar. And so what we've got here is we've got described in this chapter, chapter 29, the Feast of Trumpets. It says on the first day of the seventh month, I think it said, um, it said, you know, you'll blow trumpets or whatever. Well, that was the Feast of Trumpets, and it listed it here in the seventh month. But elsewhere, that feast is listed as the first month, or the Jewish New Year. So Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year, and that's a feast where they basically um, celebrate, you know, the start of the year, and... Um, and then for 10 days, they contemplate, you know, making restitution to people and contemplate how to get their life sorted out. We, we do something very similar to this too. When we have a new year, we, um, it's not a church tradition, it's just culture and society, but we often have what's called New Year's resolutions. You've probably made them yourself. And at the start of the new year, there's this feeling like, let's get our life sorted out, let's get fit, let's get healthy, let's eat properly, you know, let's cut those bad habits out of our lives and and all things like that. And we try to get on top and, you know, by God's grace, you know, some people do. And so in the Jewish calendar, they've got this Rosh Hashanah, which 
here in Numbers 29 is counted as being in the seventh month of the year. Well, it's in the seventh month of the ceremonial calendar of the year or the ecclesiastical calendar, but it's the first month, it's the Jewish New Year in the, the other calendar that they follow. So that's just a kind of, you know, if you've ever been reading through the Bible and you've read that something is in the first month and later on you've read that it's in the seventh month and you've got yourself confused, well, that's why. That explains why. And so when you're talking to someone about Jewish calendars and things, you just need to basically make sure you know which calendar we're talking about. And um, Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, we've talked about that before, that comes here in the seventh month. But in the Jewish, in the normal calendar, it comes on the 10th day of the first month. So you've got these, this, you know, first 10 days where you can make your so-called New Year's resolutions, you can make restitution, sort out your life, and then you come before God on that day of atonement and, you know, you, you have your sins forgiven through sacrifices. Well, that's how Jews did it. But, of course, for us, this is instead as a picture of repentance and salvation. We come to the Lord and we the atonement that we have is in Jesus Christ. There's no atonement outside of Christ. And it doesn't matter how much you try to fix up your life, you can go around and try to, to make resolutions and, and, and make your life all perfect, if, but you won't be able to save yourself. There'll be no atoning for you. But on the other hand, if you come to the Lord with a, a hard heart and a proud heart and, and you don't care about the Lord's ways and and you, you have every intention of following your, your own sinful path, and you say to the Lord, forgive me, for some reason, the Lord's heart is closed to you. So it's when we come to the Lord in humility and repentance, you know, feast of trumpets, we come to the Lord, we find that we, we have atonement in the blood of the Lamb. So it's all wonderful pictures of what Jesus has done for us. After this, it goes on to describe the feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles is a very, very interesting feast. Now, the, there were three major feasts in the Jewish calendar. There was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was connected with Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, which was 50 days later, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the third one. Now, these three great feasts are all what they call pilgrimage feasts, so people were supposed to travel to Jerusalem. In practice, they didn't all do that. But in the New Testament, you'll see, like in particularly in John's Gospel, it'll say things like a great number of people were there for the feast. And if you do some research, you'll figure out which feast it was on which particular occasion. But, you know, when Jesus walked in on Palm Sunday and all those crowds were there, well, they were all there for the um, Feast of Unleavened Bread because it was the, you know, Jesus was died on Passover and they were all the pilgrims were gathering well, they had come for this pilgrimage feast. There were three of them every year. And so these three feasts are spiritual pictures to us. The first feast, Passover, is a picture of Jesus dying on us, dying for us on the cross to bring us to the Lord. And it's also a picture of the tabernacle. You know, the tabernacle or the temple had three sections. It had the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. Well, Passover is a picture to us of salvation, it's a picture of coming to the temple, but we're still in the outer court, but we've come and we've received atonement for our sins. The priest would sacrifice on your behalf. You sacrifice your, your lamb or your sheep or your goat, and that's what Jesus has done for us in Passover. We've been forgiven. But the second great feast, the feast of Pentecost, now we've come into the holy place. We've come into the next stage of the tabernacle or the temple, 
And this is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And we know on the day of Pentecost, that's when the Holy Spirit fell. And those who have received the Holy Spirit have been drawn in closer to the Lord. So you're not in the outer court anymore. You're now in the holy place. But then there's this third great feast, which is the one tabernacles, which is mentioned right here in Numbers 29. Now in tabernacles, the Israelites would actually take a whole week and they would actually set up tents and they would go live in these tents and it was a reminder to them that the children of Israel lived in the desert and the Lord was with them. In other words, they, you know, it's the Feast of Tents or the Feast of Tabernacles, but it's a reminder that the presence of God is with them. Well, this is the goal of every Christian. The goal of every Christian is to so come to the place that you know the Lord, that you're brought into the Holy of Holies. In other words, you're brought into deep, deep intimacy with Christ. You, you know him. In other words, he dwells with you and you dwell with him. Now, in one sense, because of what Jesus has done for us, he's with all of us all the time. He promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So it's true that the Lord is with us. But the Feast of Tabernacles reminds us that there's deeper things of God that we can go into and we can strive for. And in the New Testament, John, you know, the Apostle John, he wrote in his first epistle, book of first john he wrote to three groups of people three groups of christians he wrote to children he wrote to young men and then he wrote to fathers you know the children they were the ones who had been forgiven because of their sins the young men they were the ones who had overcome but the fathers they were the ones who knew the lord well that's the same thing there's these three three different areas here you know we we get saved and we we're, we're forgiven but then we get the power of the holy spirit and we overcome sin but finally, we come to really know the Lord. Tabernacles, the third great feast. And all of these feasts are pictures to us of what the Lord is wanting us to come into. He's wanting our experience to be deeply of him. So my last point is this. In the chapter 29 that we were reading, you will have noticed a huge amount of bulls and rams and things that were sacrificed as part of this Feast of Tabernacles. There was, you know, eight days and on the first day, it would be 14 bulls and two rams. And the second day, it would be 13 bulls and two rams and, and 14 sheep. Third day, 12 bulls and two rams and 14 sheep. Fourth day, 11 bulls. And, and every day, the number of bulls would go down by one, but there would still be two rams, 14 sheep, and one goat every day. Will you add up eight? Is it eight or is it seven? Goats? and then eight lots of 14 sheep, and then eight lots of two rams, so that's 16 rams, what's eight times 14? That's 80 plus 432, 112. So you've got 112 sheep, you've got um, eight to 16 rams, you've got eight goats, and you've got the number of bulls is 14 plus 13 plus 12 plus 11 plus 10 plus nine plus eight, must be seven. But anyway, you add up all these totals and you've got something like 200 animals that are sacrificed, it's a huge number. And you, and you think to yourself, why would so many animals be needed as part of this feast of tabernacles? Well, the truth is I actually don't know the answer to that. I don't know why the Lord wanted so many sacrifices. But one thing that I realize, if I think about it just with logic, and I think um, it, it's it's kind of showing us the huge value that's placed on really knowing the Lord. 
such a huge amount of sacrifice was involved in, in this Feast of Tabernacles, where, which symbolizes God being with us and us being with him and knowing him. It just goes to show us how valuable the Lord is and what a, what a huge heart we should have for him and how much we should seek after him. In other words, we should make some sacrifices of our own. Of course, we can't measure up to God. There's nothing we can do to earn him, to earn that place with him. But it just goes to show the high value that is placed on knowing him and how much we should be hungry for it. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that the feasts of Israel, thank you we don't have to keep them for starters, we don't have to sacrifice, that your sacrifice is sufficient. But at the same time, I thank you that they speak to us and they teach us of Christ. I thank you, Lord, that this third great feast shows us how valuable it is to know the Lord, not just to be saved, not just to be filled with the Spirit, but to walk with the Lord, as those fathers did in John's epistle. Father, give us this grace that we might be drawn closer to you all the while. In Jesus' name, amen.